Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The storm front that churned across California yesterday triggered dozens of flood warnings and evacuation advisories across the state and forced many road closures. It also prompted authorities to issue avalanche alerts in parts of Inyo and Mono counties, as well as around Lake Tahoe. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of homes lost power because of high winds, especially in counties around the Bay Area. In Monterey County, the community of Pajaro has already been grappling with flooding because of a levee breach. State contractors nearly closed the 400-foot-wide breach, according to officials, after working around the clock to plug the gap with rocks and boulders. Looking ahead, they have to build up the height of the levee before more expected storms hit next week. Many of roughly 1,700 evacuees from Pajaro are at the Santa Cruz County Fairgrounds. They're being told by officials it could be weeks before they can go home. KQED's Anna Marie Yanni reports. Andy Garcia had about 30 minutes notice in the early hours of Saturday morning before water started running down the streets. So we just grabbed a little bit of blankets and clothes and some documents and we left. He's now at the shelter with his eight-year-old daughter. They've been watching videos of their flooded street back home. We probably lost everything. Not only us, my neighbors too, so they lost everything too. Garcia hopes the weather lets up so he can return home and begin to clean up. For the California Report, I'm Anna Marie Annie. The sudden failure of California's Silicon Valley Bank, the second largest bank collapse in American history, has lawmakers in Sacramento calling for hearings into what happened. KQED politics editor Scott Schaefer has more. Southern California Democrat Monique Lamone chairs the Senate Banking Committee. Ever since regulators seized control of SVB last week, she's had a lot of questions, and so do her constituents. I'm not the only person in the California state legislature asking these questions. You have a lot of members asking questions. Lamone says it's important for state officials to find out exactly how a state-chartered bank, which so many startups, small businesses, and nonprofits relied on, collapsed. We don't stop examining our own policies, our own laws, um, and their ability to either help aid the situation or limit the situation. After the Trump administration weakened federal oversight of smaller banks in 2018, Lamone authored a bill to create a new state agency. Its charge includes overseeing banks without stepping into the federal government's role. Bay Area Democrat Tim Grayson chairs the Assembly Banking Committee, and he says it's critical to learn from what happened and see what, if any, weaknesses exist in state regulatory authority. There will be oversight hearings, and we will dive deep so that we can make sure that we do everything we can to identify those gaps and then fill them on a state level. 
There seems to be bipartisan support for identifying what went wrong, but there's likely to be plenty of disagreement in Sacramento over what should be done to fix it. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. Meanwhile, the Securities and Exchange Commission is in the early stages of an investigation into what happened at Silicon Valley Bank, and many news organizations are reporting that the Justice Department has launched its own probe. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. In Europe, police suspect a former San Diego resident was part of an anti-Semitic incident that took place at the Anne Frank House in Amsterdam last month. iNews Source investigative reporter Jill Castellano has the story from San Diego. In February, an anti-Semitic message appeared on the house in Amsterdam where 13-year-old Anne Frank started writing her diary about her experience during the Holocaust. Someone used a laser to project the blue text on the building that claimed Anne Frank was the inventor of the ballpoint pen, a reference to a false conspiracy theory that alleges her diary was a hoax. When one group of citizen sleuths heard about what happened, they set out to find the person responsible. And that totally caught our attention. That's Mary, the founder of Capital Terrorists Exposers, a group that uses digital forensic techniques to track down right-wing extremists. We agreed not to use her last name to protect her safety. Mary said she and her team found the original video of the incident that appeared online, which was posted by someone with a strange profile name. His uh, nickname was uh, Arian Bacon. Arian Bacon. That's the online name used by 41-year-old Robert Wilson. He's a member of the Goyam Defense League, a hate group responsible for hundreds of anti-Semitic propaganda campaigns across the U.S. Wilson was facing hate crime charges in San Diego County, but he escaped to Poland last year. Since then, he has continued to post lots of videos on social media, and Mary was able to use them in her research. If you have a person who is known, who has a lot of footage, Yeah, then it's very easy, right? So you're going to look like, oh, uh, what does he look like? What kind of clothes does he wear? Or, you know, yeah, you try to profile somebody. Mary said she traced the route Wilson took from Poland through Germany all the way to Amsterdam in the days before the incident at the Anne Frank house. She even found the gas station where he refueled on his drive. And then we had the gas station in Germany. Yeah, when I added up those places, I just saw one straight line to Poland and then I was totally convinced. When Mary compiled all of her team's research and gave it to the Amsterdam police, they sent her an email complimenting her work. And then he said, like, uh, we were on the same trail. The police told her they had ended up with the same suspect, van, and route as her. The message was a relief. And it's very, very encouraging, of course. 
you know, then that you just have to wish that your research gets used or will arrive yeah, in the, the place where it needs to be. The police would not confirm the name of the suspect for a news source, but they recently told a Dutch newspaper they believe the suspect is not residing in the Netherlands and, quote, if he shows up within our borders, we will arrest him. Mary, who lives in the Netherlands, said she's glad the police are taking the case seriously. It isn't a joke. This is serious what they're doing. And uh, I cannot sit still. I cannot let it go. For the California Report, I'm Jill Castellano in San Diego. That story is part of an ongoing partnership between KQED and iNewsource, a nonprofit news organization in San Diego. And that's the California Report for Wednesday, March 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great morning. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. The California Healthcare Foundation, listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the healthcare system undermines their pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org/lbca. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.